We're continuing our discussion from the previous one about two different statements of Shemuel that seem to contradict each other. On the one hand, in his comment about our Mishnah, where he says, Halacha is like Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri, uh, Shemuel is indicating thereby that a woman can take a vow uh, now that will have an effect after she gets divorced and remarried. Right, and we said uh, that's something that does not yet exist in the world, and so it seems like Shemuel thinks that you can make a vow uh, that will affect something that doesn't yet exist. On the other hand, Shemuel also supported another opinion, a different Rabbi Yochanan, uh, who said that if a man says um, the my wife's future um, uh, earnings will be consecrated, that does not work because they don't yet exist. And according to that, Shemuel said. You cannot exi- uh, uh, make holy, consecrate something that is, does not exist in the world. Now, so our last and our final answer, which we're going we're gonna to stick with, um, is that um, the case in the Mishnah is not simply where the wife consecrated her uh, her. Um, her future or in her future um, uh, creations of her hands, not the meaning of the cake that she will make after should they get divorced and remarried, that Shemuel would agree does not work. You cannot consecrate or make a vow about something that does not yet exist in the world. But our Mishnah was talking about a case where she said, She said, My hands are consecrated, or in this case, she makes a vow that my hands are prohibited to you my husband and since she has she since it applies to her hands which do exist therefore whatever her hands make will be prohibited to her husband um, although not now because she has a contractual kitu obligation to do things for her husband but um and should they divorce and remarry then that would um take effect okay so that is the answer that explains shemuel but we're going to challenge it and we're going to end up with a modifi- a slight modification of this okay so we ask even if she says that my hand my hands should be prohibited does that actually make her hands uh, consecrated. After all, her hands are already pledged to her husband. When they get married and she agrees to the conditions of the marriage and the ketuvah, she agrees that her the works of her hands will go to her husband. So her husband, in effect, I mean, not literally owns her body, owns her limbs, but owns her hands for the work that they do. And therefore, when she makes this uh, vow, it should not work. He, she should not. She cannot vow, um, even if it applies to the hands, uh, hands that are already um, obliged to the husband's response to to um, uh, fulfill the husband's uh, rights. Okay. Oh, so now we're changing our answer. It's talking about that she added, "My hands uh, will be prohibited to you." after we get divorced. Oh, so now, um, although it's not going to happen right now, um, because right now her hands are pledged to uh, to work uh, for her husband, um, but uh, once they, after they get divorced, then it will kick in. 
fine. Hashta mihad lo megarsha. Yeah, but that's, that still doesn't, that's not sufficient because right now um, they are not divorced. And so how's, how, how's this going to work? This is still something that is, does not yet exist in the world. Her free hands don't exist in the world until she gets divorced. So how, she could, how can she uh, consecrate or uh, make a vow prohibiting her hands now while now they are they belong to her husband again in the sense that we said um, and they are not yet divorced so it doesn't really work furthermore and where in any case are you getting the idea that such a statement can possibly work and again throughout this discussion we're uh, going to be comparing making a vow prohibiting which was our Mishnah uh, was about and a consecration so we'll go, we'll go back and forth and we're assuming that they're the same so Amar Rabbi Ila, Uma Ilu Amel Chaverosa de Zo, Shani Mochelecha, Lech She Ekahena Mimecha, Tagdish, Mila Kadsha. We know that if, if a person says to his friend, This field that I own now, and I'm selling it to you, when I buy it back, I want it to be consecrated. I want it to be automatically consecrated at the moment that I buy it back. Is it not consecrated? Uh, so that does work, and I guess that's where you're getting it from, that such a thing can work. So this would solve the problem here, even though right now they are not yet divorced. Um, so right now they, her hands um, belong, are obliged to her husband. Uh, nevertheless, she can say they are consecrated. Uh, they are consecrated when we get divorced. And since, since uh, just like you can consecrate, a land now for later when you should buy it back when it gets back to you so too when they get divorced then she'll have her hands back and then the uh then the prohibition will kick in so yeah it should be able to work right mm, not so fast says these cases are not similar says in this case that you brought um, the sadeh, this field that I'm I'm selling to you now, right now. When when he says this statement, this the land is in the hands of the person making the consecration. In other words, I own land, and I say, listen, I'm going to consecrate this land that I am selling to you when I buy it back. So because right now when I say the language of consecration, it's in my hand and I, therefore it's in my power to consecrate it right now. Therefore, I can say now something that will happen in the future, even though in the meantime it will be out of my hands. Um, so yes, that can work. But regarding this woman who's married, her hands are not in her hands now, right now, while she is married. So it's not the same. Rather, the case of our Mishnah is more, is more similar to someone who tells his friend, the field that I already sold you last week, when I buy it back, I want it to be consecrated. That 
does that does that get consecrated? It does not get consecrated because at the time that he's saying the formula, it's not in his hands. I cannot consecrate something that you own, and uh, so therefore, I, it doesn't make any sense to say when I buy it back, it'll be consecrated. I don't have it now. So just like this doesn't work, so too in our Mishnah, we're left with a problem. It does not work. But a papa will come to answer it. Matkif la papa, he will challenge Rabbi Yirmiya by challenging Rabbi He's going to solve the problem. He says, me, dame, no, no, it's not like that case. Gabe zibina pesika miletaihu. Gabe isha mi pesika mileta. Regarding a, a sale, uh, when a sale, a sale is clear cut. If I sell you my field, that's it. I don't own, have no access to it anymore. And you have total ownership over it. And therefore, I have no right to say when I buy it back, it'll be consecrated. I have no connection to it. But regarding a woman, do we, is it so clear cut that when she gets married, her hands are totally not hers anymore? Her hands obviously are her are still hers. They're connected to her body. She controls them, right? We just mean that her hands have an obligation upon them that they have to do certain tasks around the house. They have to do certain work um, as part of the contractual um, uh, agreement in the Ketuvah. But it's not a total clear cut. Like it's, like, it's not like a selling a field, uh, like her hands are not hers at all. Rather, the case of our Mishnah with the woman in her hands is more similar to a person who says, this field that I pledged to you, I own a field, and I'm, I'm going to um, hand this field over to you as a pledge on a loan. So you have, you have a lien on this uh, property. It's like the bank has a lien on my house, but I own the house. Um, so I own it and you can use it for the next, uh, you know, f- for four, five years or uh, until I uh, pay the loan back. And so in that case, if I say um, when I redeem my land and pay back, when I pay back my loan and redeem my land, then I want my land to be consecrated. That certainly would work because it's in my, it's basically in my ownership and I could redeem it at any point. And therefore, it does work. However, not so fast, Rav Papa, Matkif Larav Shisha Bered Rav Idi Midame, Sadeh Biadoliftoto, Isha Biadalehit Garesh, says, No, these are not similar. Regarding a field, that um, I, I hand to you as, uh, as collateral, there it's in my power to redeem it at any point, right? I owe you a uh, million dollars. Okay, so whenever I get a million dollars, I can always give it to you and I can get my land back. Whereas a woman, is it in her power to get divorced? A woman cannot unilaterally uh, demand a divorce. The husband has to agree to the divorce. So uh, therefore, uh, the, a person has a closer uh, connection to land that is uh, given over as collateral than a woman does to her hands. That's uh, true. A woman always owes, owns, she has her hands, she owns it, but they are, so to speak, um, uh, given uh, for their use to her husband, and it's not in her power to get it back anytime she wants. So therefore, you know what this case is like? So we can answer that, all right, even though it's not the same as, uh, it's not the same, um, uh, it's uh, still similar to this. 
case. Um, someone says to his friend, this land will be pledged to you for 10 years. Um, uh, and then uh, after 10 years, when I redeem it, then it should be consecrated. In other words, I'm saying you can have it for uh, at least the next 10 years. I have no possibility of, uh, of taking it. So wouldn't that work? Right. So that in that case, that would work. Right. Because uh, even though I have no power to get it back uh, before 10 years, nevertheless, it's still my ownership that you happen to have for a while. And if I consecrate it uh, now for once I get it back, it works. So, too, even though a woman has no right to get herself out of a marriage now, nevertheless, she should still be able to say, I want to consecrate my hands when it when and if the time comes that we get divorced so it should work yeah right but not so fast no in the case of uh of, of this 10-year uh, loan uh that has a definite end right even though i can't get it back before 10 years once 10 years comes i know i'm gonna get it back right if i have a 10-year mortgage I make my payments, I know I will get it back. So there, I have a cl much closer connection to my land. It's very temporary. Whereas a woman, she has no fixed time limit. You can't make a, a, a marriage for a time limit. And so therefore, it's not in her hands. And there is no time limit. Therefore, her hands are actually less in her power uh, than the 10-year case. And uh, therefore, it should, not be, it should not work when she says, I... Um, I uh, prohibit my hands to you when we get divorced, right? She should not be able to do that because her hands are not in her power to get back at any given point in time. Oh, so final answer, Rav Asher explains. And again, we're not changing the answer that we started with today. We're still assuming that our Mishnah is a case where a woman says, my hands will be prohibited to you um, when we get divorced. And yes, it works, even though right now her hands are given over for their use to her husband. When you talk about a kunamot, a, a prohibition by a vow, this is very strong, similar to kedushat haguf, similar to making an animal sanctified in itself. When I say I want this animal to be a korban, this is so powerful that it has the power for her to get her rights to her hands back. Right by making a vow that so even though but during the marriage at the beginning of the marriage her hands are given over over to her husband when she makes a vow and says my hands are prohibited to you like a korban then that um, ownership that uh, level of ownership that her husband has disappears and she takes it back. How do we know that that's true? Rava already told us this is true in three cases. hekdesh. Let's say I have something, uh, some item, um, a watch. And uh, I say, okay, this watch will be collateral. You can keep it for the loan that you gave me. And then uh, after a little while, I consecrate the watch. I give it to the temple, um, or maybe better, an animal, right? I'd say this animal is uh, his, your collateral. And then one day I come and say, the animal, I make hekdesh. 
That's it. The animal is Ekdesh, and you lose your collateral. You have no collateral. And you can't say, wait, I had a collateral. You have no right to make it Ekdesh. No, that's the way it works. Ekdesh is that powerful that it takes away your collateral. Similarly, Hametz, um, if I give you some bread, and say here, this is collateral for your law for the loan. And then Pesach comes, and now the chametz is not worth anything because no one can have any benefit from it. So you lose it. That's it. And similarly, if I give you a slave as collateral, and then I decide I'm going to free the slave. That's it. The slave goes free, and you lose your collateral. What do you see here? That in all these cases, when I own something and I give it to you as collateral, so during that time that is collateral. Well, so I can't go and take it back. How can I make it prohibited to you? Ah, but here's the chidush. When any of these three things happen to the collateral, then that's it. They leave your property and actually do become whatever they, whatever, whatever they be, free or free or prohibited chametz or hekdesh. And so a vow works the same as hekdesh. Um, so here's the analogy. When a woman, a woman gets married, her hands are therefore subjugated to her husband for the work that she is obligated to do within the marriage. And therefore, she has no right. If she makes a vow that I'm not going to do anything for you, that vow is null and void because she can't take a vow against her prior obligation. However, when she takes a vow about her hands and she says these hands will be Hekdesh, or these hands will be prohibited to you like a korban. That's the case of our Mishnah. Then the husband's lean on her hands, his his level of ownership over our hands uh, disappears and they do in fact become prohibited. That's why this is not the Vashelo Bala Olam. I was not talking about the future hands, not after they get divorced. We don't need that part of it. Um, all she has to do is say, right, right now, they, uh, uh, what she say, that these are prohibited to you, and then immediately, even in the middle of the marriage, they become prohibited to her husband. Now, there will be consequences to that because then he can come and say, you know, in the Ketubah, she is going to make my bed. She's not making my bed. So, okay, so that'll be other consequences. But the point is that the Ketu, the, um, the obligation does apply. Okay, last question. If so, remember, all this was to answer Shemuel who said, Halakha is like Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri. Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri said that a husband should nullify his wife's vow because even if it does not apply now, should they get divorced and remarry, then it will apply and he won't be able to remarry her. So now we ask, if, it's, if this is the case that um, that when she says, my hands are prohibited to you, they become prohibited immediately, and she gets her hands back from, the, from her husband, so then why does the have to say he should nullify her, her, her vow in ju- in, just in case they get divorced? And all, if they get divorced, then they'll have a problem. But it sounds like in the meantime, before she gets divorced, there won't be a problem. But according to our answer, we just said now, even while they get divorced, even before they even before they get divorced, right away, um, the vow kicks in, and therefore the husband should nullify the vow immediately. Because if he doesn't nullify the vow, then we're going to have a problem with the kituba. She won't be able to do the, her basic chores around the house, and he's not going to like that. And um, so you don't need Yochanan's reason that the, to that he should uh, nullify the vow because one day they'll get divorced. He should nullify the vow because it's going to apply right away. Okay, big challenge. And the answer is Tane Ve'od Shema Okay, you know what? Add oh, just one word Ve'od. 
Um, so the Bichamim is saying that the husband should annul the vow because it's going to kick in right now. Because she says, my hands, I want them back, and they are prohibited to you. And that works. She gets her hands back, prohibited now. So for that reason alone, the husband should nullify the vow. But then, so then the Bichamim is adding another reason. And also, what if one day they get divorced, and then... She'll, uh, she'll be prohibited to do anything for him, and then they won't be able to get remarried. So that's actually a second reason um, in addition to the one that we had. See, so we, our answer was so good that we don't even need the reason for Yigad Hashanah, and that becomes an add-on reason. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen v'amen.